back to the Quiet On Set podcast. I am your host, Johan Graf, and today I am joined by the magnificent Lachlan Teely. How are you doing, my friend? Magnificent. I like that. Um, no, I'm going good, man. What's going on? Uh, not much. I mean, with everything kind of going back to quarantine here a bit more, like into lockdown, I've just mainly been at home. And I recently decided to join a gym again. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's exciting. So life in Sweden is pretty good? <laughs> Lachlan, I'm not from Sweden. Oh. I know you're trying to trigger oh, no. me. I know you're trying to push right, me. I apologize. But oh, sorry, Switzerland, sorry. as I said. Scandinavia. How's Scandinavia going? Oh, F- further d- that, south, oh. south, south. Further south. down? South? Yeah, south. Italy? Nah, Italy? north. No, a bit north. Just north of Italy. North? Yeah. North? Um, I don't think your top uh, topography, uh, your to- topography, fuck, I can't talk. Your geographical knowledge isn't. Of Europe? Oh, fuck no. Yeah. All I know is that it's basically uh, Russia and then China, and then that's all you've got up there. And if you flip to the other <laughs> side of the world, you've got the USA. Sure. <laughs> and then you've got all these shithole countries <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And they're all just like, well, not shithole countries, but like... China and Russia, the classical European countries. <laughs> when I say shithole countries, I mean like Russia and China considers them shithole countries. So that's why they're trying to slowly take them over. Yeah. I mean, it da- does make sense. But I guess north of Italy, you don't have a lot of countries other than, I guess, Switzerland and maybe Austria. Uh, but it's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. To the south, there are different countries, but I don't want to name them. I could. I could. Don't get me wrong. I could name them all without having a sing- making a single mistake but i won't so okay. you guys have okay. to look it up on google maps yourselves but let's get into the episode I and i luckily luckily how have you been how have you been have you been up to any anything <laughs> no not really honestly i have just just been working watching movies uh continuously drinking and um uh, doing that what? on repeat pretty much you, you said something about drinking what up oh, just con- you nothing mean just hydrating? i've stopped drinking water yes water water, water. Okay. Water. Good. Okay, cool. Definitely water. Well, that's great. Great to hear. Um, You're taking care yeah. of your health. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's... yeah, I guess I've been doing the same. Uh, been working. Oh, I got a VR headset. Did I tell you that? Oh, no, you didn't. What kind did you get? Oh, sweet. I, I got the uh, Oculus uh, Oculus Quest 2. Mm, which one is that? Is that is that the mobile one or is it like the, the high-end one? It's 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 uh, a bit of both. So it's a mobile one that you can plug in and play PC-powered VR games. Mm, so the best of both worlds. Which I was like, yeah. sick. Yeah, that is cool. sick. I mean, I love going to the, the beach and just chucking on my VR headset and playing a bit of... um. <laughs> super hot or some shit like that oh no yeah i love going to the supermarket and then while waiting for whoever is i'm with shopping with to do their shit i just sit in the middle of the cafe and play vr games that does sound great so i play vr games on the go now i was on the i was on the bus Mm -hmm. punched some old lady punched and i punched a child (laughs) wasn't my fault i was playing vr that's awesome i mean it also doubles as a mask if you turn it upside down You don't put it over yes, your head, you put yes. it the other way around. Yeah. And then it's a well, whole like, different that, thing. But people don't come near me because I look like a weirdo. <laughs> Is that a new thing? Well, yeah. Well, once you hear this, the moaning coming from the, oh. the, the speakers on the yeah. side, it no mm. one wants to come near me because they don't want to know what I'm what I'm not watching, but playing I or see. playing or watching. That does make yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, great to get that update from you. I also got a VR headset. Yeah, thank you. Mine is although Fuck limited yeah. to my own um, four walls here. I got, uh, what is it called? The Vive, the HTC Vive. Oh, with yeah. You. I haven't been playing it uh, a lot. Although Jackson, uh, he keeps hitting me up about like, hey, you want to play some VR again? It was like next week. Yeah, we and played, I've been doing that for we three played a months. couple games. <laughs> we should we should we should all play i reckon it'll be really fun because 
when I was playing, Jackson was like, you know how Jackson's super tall, right? He is, yeah. I was hoping that VR would even it out. And so I look <laughs> up and I, I look across and I couldn't see Jackson. He's like up here and I look up and I'm like, ah! <laughs> it takes your height, man. It's, it's, uh, you can't really fake it. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, we, we definitely have to do that. I got some VR games, but, um, I, I never really got to test them out because mm. then my computer kind of broke down. I got a new one. So, uh, I should definitely set it up for this. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's getting more and more accessible as well as like the prices go down for the VR headsets. Yeah. But that's great. Um, I guess something that doesn't cost you anything and helps us out a great deal is, uh, leaving an Apple review over on Apple podcast. Uh, we got a review coming from philip he said good takes with pp breaks um rhyming in there nice i i like that review that was mm. a five-star mm. review so uh mm. if you got any um uh, if you are a, a lyrical genius like philip is go over and leave a review even if you don't leave anything along with it just five stars helps us out a lot it puts um the podcast on the radar over on apple and on other sites and um uh, to continue the plugin, um, we have a Patreon. There should be a, a bonus show, the bonus drunk cast that we do monthly for Hobby Halloween and Borat 2 up shortly. And we do have a Discord as well. You can join that even without being a Patreon. It's public and we are running um, a Secret Santa film raffle at the beginning of December. So join. Um, there should be a link down below in the show notes and um just have a quick look at the announcements and you can just join it and um yeah we'll recommend each other some movies that's that's it for the plugging i'm done um thank you if you haven't skipped through it but join uh the patreon and, and discord if if you want to and welcome back if you have skipped through it <laughs> welcome back uh, <laughs> welcome back A news flash. There is, um, yeah, no, there's, there's news. There's news today. We haven't been doing news for a couple of weeks. Oh, there's always news. There's, yeah, a couple bits of news. We haven't been doing that for a while, but uh, I guess we have a few things to catch up on. And for the first few news items, we're talking about a, a few new trailers, a few interesting looking trailers. And the first one we're taking a look at is is Tom and Cherry coming out in 2021. Um, from i don't even know who the director is no wait that's a that's another movie we're talking about where i know the, the, who the director is but it's basically tom and jerry kind of i guess growing up or getting kicked out of their home and then they relocate to new york city and in there they go to a hotel i guess tom gets wait who's who's the fucking cat and who's the, who's the mouse i forgot tom is the cat right uh tom is the cat jerry the mouse. okay so no yes, yes tom the cat jerry anyway the uh the cat One gets the hired two. to chase the mouse and and eat the mouse and exterminate the mouse and that's basically the plot and it's a live action have, have i mentioned it's live action i haven't right <laughs> it's an interesting choice but we got uh chloe gross uh chloe grace moretz michael peña and uh ken jong joining the cast which is uh definitely interesting to say the least yeah uh lachlan what do you think of the trailer yeah boy uh, look i don't know I never knew a meme would become a movie, and that's basically what they've done. They're like, oh, Tom and Jerry's relevant again. Do you guys want to make a movie about it? Yeah, sure, why not? Is this the way I would have gone about it? Probably not. Uh, did you watch uh, Tom and Jerry when you were a kid? Oh, of course. I watched all those like animated cartoons when I was younger. But yeah, me too. The issue I have with it is it's like... You know how, you know how, okay, let's think about the other, like other live action cartoon animated films, mm -hmm. right? What, what are one of the, what are, what are like three that come to mind? 
live uh i haven't watched it but the one from the, the 80s uh with the big bunny i can't think of it then uh space jam who framed roger rabbit yeah who framed roger rabbit who framed roger rabbit uh, space jam space jam and and ooh, can't think of a third one right now off the, at the top of my head Garf- no garfield no garfield did not fucking garfield no i don't think so uh i don't know can you uh, do you have three um what's the other one i'm trying to think of it now I mean, there's, there's, there's a, Looney Tunes, um, but they never live action. And I guess they're in Space Jam. And that's it. Well, yeah, I'm, no, I'm trying to think of uh, one of the ones that's like, there's the, I think it's like Looney Tunes. One of the Looney Tunes ones is like live action and animated. Yeah. Anyway, the only two that really work are Who Framed Roger Rabbit and I guess Space Jam as well. Yeah. And that's because the it, it, it's almost as if they are in the world themselves and the whole world revolves around it. But the only animated things in this entire world seem to be the three birds singing the song, Tom and Jerry and whatever the fuck they're interacting with. <laughs> so if Jerry has a hat on, it ain't a live action hat. It's an animated yeah. hat. Yeah, it looks incredibly so, fake. Um, and I guess in these other two films that we mentioned who fa- framed Roger Rabbit, like they pushed kind of what was possible. They, uh, I think they hand drew like every single frame and no, wait, uh, for like, no, I don't know. I've, I just know that there was like there was like uh, lighting complications and all the limitations that mm. the medium had at, at that point when that movie came out. I think somewhere in the mid '80s, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it was interesting. It pushed it along, and then Space Jam was just kind of okay. We're in a green screen room, and just everything is crazy. And then we put human characters into that world. And I guess now we with Tom and Jerry, they're kind of doing uh, the other way around. And with 2D characters in 3D space, it just feels like super flat. And I uh. guess, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but from what I saw, <laughs> I don't think this is going to be like uh, something that I would say, hell yeah, uh, go watch that. But um, I don't know, we might get another Sonic. Like, it's definitely a kid's movie more than anything. So we shouldn't for be sure, super yeah. judgmental because what it's going to be for is just a look. It, it looks like a straight to DVD kind of movie for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be straight to DVD, especially because, look, they have, they have, it's going to be next year, 2021. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's like April or something. But I'll tell you what, I reckon if COVID isn't over by then, like, like if the US isn't on on its feet, it's just going to go through the DVD. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that will happen. Yeah. But then we got another film that uh, is also releasing in 2021, but it's been out for like 30 years or something it's not a like a redone version not as crazy as Zack Snyder but I guess just kind of reworking um a couple of scenes the beginning and ending and I'm talking about the godfather Coda the death of Michael Corleone um I guess uh Coppola is back at it he joins the league of I guess he already did it with Apocalypse Now a couple of times yeah this, but- this guy he just he, he's like okay I don't want to film anymore, so I'm just going to go get my old shit and then redo it. And everyone's going to be like, fuck yeah, man, you do that. And then he's going to do it again. And then like three years time, he's going to be like, hey, look, this is the final cut. Like the final, final cut. And then three years, six years time, he's going to be like, hey, this is the final, final uh, one cut. This is it. No more. And then he's going to do an 8K redone, like resampled down to 4K, up sampled to 16K, back down to 4K again. And then up samples at the 8K. And he's like, hmm, hey. I cleaned it up this that time. That is true, but I think um like at some point he's an old man when he passes away, sadly, of course. I think who ultimately will get the final cut is Sofia Coppola, you know? Oh yeah, for sure, from- 100%. She's <laughs> so like, "Don't worry, dad, I'm going to do my second, third, fourth cut of uh Lost in Translation." That's in this testament, you know. <laughs> that she the only you don't get any money, Sofia, but you can continue 
my films. <laughs> you get to do more cuts. That's the only cut I'm giving you. You can have my portion. recutting studio. <laughs> uh, there's a trailer for it, and it seems like they just, I guess, are kind of restoring it digitally as well. So you can imagine there would be uh, a, a new print of the whole film. I guess they still are working with the old prints that they still had for like stuff they didn't use, which is interesting. So uh, they're adding a beginning and an ending that is supposedly completely new. And then they're changing some shots and some scenes around. Uh, some parts of the music will be reworked. Lachlan, um, have you seen the third Godfather film? <clears throat> haven't. Oh, you I haven't. haven't seen the okay. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any. Oh, you of haven't the seen any of them. Films. Never mind. I thought, wait, it wasn't like Apocalypse Now one of your all-time favorites, just visually. Oh, I love Apocalypse Now. It doesn't mean I saw the Godfather. True, that is a fair point. I mean, you're not uh one who's really into the gangster genre. Yeah, I remember I went through that phase and I was like, I don't think gangster films are that cool. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. Uh, I'm like, eh, that's, they're not that cool. And then I watched The Departed and I went, all right, gangster films are kind of cool. And then I watched like um, all of, uh, oh, he's gone from my head now, the British one. Um, uh, he did Snatched and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. He did King Arthur. His name is gone. Ah, he's a fucking star. Uh, director. Richie. His name's going to kill me. Guy fucking Richie, <laughs> the fucking little cunt. Um, yeah, no, then I watched some Guy Richie, like British ones, and I was like, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of a genre to this. And no, look, I've been meaning to watch The Godfathers. Mm -hmm. I never got around to it, but I think what I might do is why don't I watch The Godfathers in order in the way they're meant to be done with The Godfather 1, 2, and now The Godfather Code of the Death of Michael Corleone, or whatever the fuck his name Corleone. is. Corleone. Corey Leone, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just Michael, Death of Michael, the, the Italian dude. Yeah, why don't I watch it that way? And then everyone will be like, wow, I'm so jealous because I didn't get to see the Godfathers in that order. I got to watch it in the shit one. And then well, now I, I get mean, to watch not this one. changing body. the order. It's just the third one, I guess. So they're not like. See, I thought when I, when I read the title, I was like, oh, fuck. They're making a sequel to a film I didn't want. I was like, there's not going to be, there's not going to be the, act, the original actors. I'm like, no one's going to want to see this. And then the, like the opening shot is of fucking um, Al Pacino. And I was like, hold on a fucking second. Did they got, either they got a really good looking Al Pacino double or B, they're doing some like Scorsese fucking Irishman shit right mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then, and, and then I read the up a little bit and I was like, oh, they're just going to, it's a, it's Apocalypse Now 17. Yeah. <laughs> Apocalypse not 17, exactly. No, well, there's also a cut of the whole film that puts it into chronological order. I, I, I Probably not officially. No, I think there is an official cut. For, I don't know what, what it is with Coppola. It, it's weird as fuck. But uh, basically, in the second Godfather, a lot of it is um, a flashback. A flashback uh, early in um, New York, 40 years prior, with Robert De Niro as Don Corleone, who's like then the prominent person in the first first godfather he, he's the dawn he's the godfather you know and um yeah that's weird so you could watch it even in chronological order it wouldn't make any sense from a story point standpoint because like in the second one they they flash back and forth and it ties kind of back into the narrative but uh yeah go check out the godfather i think this is also releasing at the start of december so uh or like mid december so we don't have in, have to even wait that long i said 2021 but it's actually not it's in 2020 if i'm not mistaken i think this comes out 
fairly soon. But then we got a movie that premiered at a few festivals. It premiered, um, I think, at the New York Film Festival, if I'm not mistaken, or in Toronto. And it's Pieces of a Woman. Um, this is a film starring Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf. Alongside, I noticed Benny Safdie, and I was like, hell yeah, one of the Safdie brothers is acting. I like it. I like it. He was great in Good Time. I enjoyed him a lot. Um, although, like, he didn't... He wasn't as great as Robert Pattinson. But I, I mean, um, that's a, that's a high standard to be put against. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but if you put Robert Pattinson in the directing chair, I bet you, you couldn't say he's good as... True. That is true. That is true. But yeah, I, I enjoy Benny Safdie a lot. So uh, every time he pops up in one of the Safdie Brother films as well. Um, but yeah, this film is about a, a grieving woman who embarks on an emotional emotional journey after the loss of her baby. And from what I've seen, uh, the early reaction of critics who've, who've uh, managed to catch it at the festival, I, I haven't, uh, is that they're quite split on it. <laughs> um, like there's some low, low ratings coming in, but I'm also then, then also like really big praise. I think that the movie has an opening or at least like a scene that is a really well done long take. I don't know if the movie is mostly constructed of, of uh, long take shots. I haven't looked into it too much because I'm, I'm really excited to see it. Uh, it, it looks really good to me. Lachlan, what were your impressions of Pieces of a Woman? Well, I haven't seen it yet, obviously. Yeah. Um, I would like to obviously see it. It did catch my eye when I watched the trailer. I thought, I mean, I'm not a big, like, uh, like drama kind of person. I, I, and it's funny because we're talking about like a, <laughs> like a drama film uh, today. <laughs> like, I, I like my big set pieces. I, 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 I like my apocalypse now. What can I say? Yeah. I like big... Big things go boom, Lachlan happy. That's why I like Bay, Michael Bay, my favorite. He's my Bay. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, like. <laughs> so, I'm really like, excited for Songbird, man. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so that, comes okay, out, uh, that comes out in, uh, in, in like a couple of weeks. Uh, we do have to do like something on it. I don't know. It's not going to be a whole episode. Yeah. It might be like something on Patreon. How about we all get really drunk? And I bet you he won't get mad if we record the podcast while we're in the cinemas. <laughs> I'm sure no one will get mad. Oh. Um. Anyway, I was going to say, uh, yeah, when it comes to like really heart, heart wrenching, pulling on the heartstrings kind of films, I do have to get in the right mindset to watch it, which is why I don't watch a lot of them. Because I'd rather watch something that's really entertaining and not have to think deep about it than watch something deep about it and get sad for the rest of the day. Because then I'll have to watch Apocalypse Now for this. <laughs> Oh, 20th time going, wow, big explosion, boomy, boomy. And then it gets to the end of Apocalypse Now. I'm like, oh, wow, really sad, emotional. But then they're like, I want to see Big Boomy. So then I watch Full Metal Jacket and then it's like, ah, Big Boomy, Boomy. And then it gets emotional and you can see where I'm going with this. Mm. So yeah, no, look, I it, it does look like a really awesome like character piece with some big acting chops coming along. I know Shia LaBeouf is, uh, is pretty fucking acting. He's pretty... He's a, he's a he's an actor. I don't know he the is, best. He's, he's an he's actor, acting. and he and he acts, and he does he does some acting, and mm. I like his acting. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, when he does the acting, I like the he does the acting. Falcon. He does it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Vanessa Kirby. Hey, she does the acting. You know yeah, what I mean? she also does. Uh, she did some fighting. I've last seen her in uh, that Fast and Furious spinoff, Hobson Shaw. Um, yeah, in the Hobson Shaw. She yeah. Um, she defeat she defeated the rock in an arm wrestle. She, I don't know. Maybe she's strong. I don't know. She, she acts. She's super strong. I mean, I mean, I'm not as a, not as a character in a movie. I mean, she actually did it in real yeah. life. She's no, that oh, strong. Yeah, yeah mentally, yeah. mentally, because she's an actor. Mm, she can. The rock's just a wrestler who does screen stuff. Yeah. He's just a he's just a he's just a, a piece of nature. <laughs> he's a piece of nature. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know where I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like, <laughs> where anyway. are you going next? She's a country in the Middle East. <laughs> Vanessa Kirby's just a fucking character from Super Smash. <laughs> Um, but no yeah cool uh i'm excited to see it it does look really nice and i I don't care if it gets low ratings because i definitely like films that have had low ratings from people who've seen it beforehand critics etc etc um so yeah no i I don't care if it gets low ratings i don't care if it gets high ratings i'll probably watch it because it did kind of seem quite interesting and i like to see shia labeouf go poof and disappear into a role i hope he gets another chest tattoo (laughs) That was funny. Wait, what was the movie called? I actually watched it. It was terrible. The tax, the tax collector. Yeah, the tax collector. Who is so bad? Doesn't it, it, I'm pretty sure it doesn't take your shirt off that entire film. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it's like it emphasizes. All it's his, at, at all. He's always got his. He's always got a shirt on. You never see that chest <laughs> chest tat that he actually got he's done. Actually, during the whole film, he's wearing a parka. They filmed it in the Arctic. It, it was pretty dumb that decision for him to get a tattoo. Yeah. The director's like, hey, we're going to do this one scene where your shirt's off. He's like, fuck yeah, sweet. I got this sick tat cut from the final from the final version. He's like, fuck. <laughs> fuck my method acting. Uh, I mean, if it were directed by Coppola, at least in 30 years, he could hope for like a cut where it would be included. Yeah, true. And if it was Stanley Kubrick, he wouldn't have ever got the role. <laughs> he wouldn't have. Uh, but I'm a one I'm a one shot kind of guy. Stanley Kubrick's like, nah, we're gonna do 17, at least 30. Now I'll make it 60. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, speaking, I guess, of uh, things being recut, we also got a new trailer for the Zack Snyder um, Justice League. But I watched it, and it didn't seem like they changed anything. I don't know if I I didn't spot it. But the only thing I noticed was the Steppenwolf. The like, I don't know, the main bad guy uh generic gray villain in dc film guy he had a change in in his armor uh there were like way more metal pieces and okay. I, I tweeted about it uh, i i said that um like side by side it, it looks like one of those like shitty gangster mobile game um ads where they show like a level one to level 50 that's what it looked like it was so funny to see them like side by side but uh and then also Zack Snyder mentioned that um the ultimate best viewing experience of his film would be in IMAX and in black and white <laughs> that's the funniest I'll thing tell you I what, read the yesterday. biggest difference between this trailer and the one that they released months ago was that the one they released months ago was in the wrong format when they uploaded it to the YouTube channel, I'm pretty sure. So this one's actually in 4x3, so they actually didn't fuck up this time. Are they, but he's not doing the movie in 4x3, so... I hope he... No, he That is, would be so funny. Best way to watch it. You cut off the other two two halves of the screen, and then you got the center part, and then pretty much what you're going to be doing is watching it in black and white and IMAX. So you go into an IMAX and screen... And then 4x3. For no fucking reason, <laughs> in 4x3. That would be so funny. Uh, Sam's he's just the sex like, actually thinks that uh, would enhance the like, thing if it puts it in IMAX in 4x3. And I think I read somewhere that he's using two and a half hours of unseen footage and I'm like, how fucking long was this original film? <laughs> like, if you've seen, like, wasn't the original film like three, two, three, it two and a half hours, three hours? It was already super long, so- but um, Joss Whedon reshot like a lot of shit. I think they had like, probably like close to six or seven hours of, of footage once both of them were done filming and i mean he's doing reshoots they're actually doing they're actually doing reshoots but uh it would be just like for not a lot of scenes uh, just a couple of scenes i think they said it's nothing big that they're redoing but uh yeah let's move on from the snyder cut we'll we'll i guess talk about it again <laughs> feel like this is a curse every time there's news there's something new about the fucking snyder cut but 
Uh, I think we'll watch it. We'll also, I think we'll rewatch Justice League. It will we'll torture ourselves that much. And then we'll also watch uh, the new thing. We'll definitely do something on it, but be on the lookout whenever that comes out in 2021. And um, then we are getting a Lilo and Stitch live action filmed directed by uh, Helmut uh, John M. Jew, who's the director for Crazy Rich Asians. As someone who has never seen Lilo and Stitch, I I, I don't, I can't really say much about it, but, but Lachlan, you've seen Lilo and Stitch, right? Yes, of course. What do you think about this new stand? I don't really have any complaints, really. Again, I'm not a big fan of Disney making live action shit to everything. Only thing I would say is that if I if if they're gonna make a live action Treasure Planet or Atlantis Lost Empire, if I don't get a fucking phone call, I'll be pissed off. <laughs> what do you mean? You want to you want to be a part of it? I will direct those shit. I will direct <laughs> the shit out of that fucking movie, out of those movies. I just hope it takes right? them another like five to ten years, and maybe maybe you can. What they're doing is what they're doing is instead of getting people who actually like the original films, they're just getting random people to be like, yeah, you can direct this film. No, 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 no. You get someone like me, who my two favorite Disney films of all time with Treasure Planet and Atlantis The Lost Empire and you get me to direct the shit out of that shit and I will make more money than your Milan fucking 200 million dollar piece of shit will ever make. <laughs> uh, I mean, they probably said like, hey, it's about Hawaiian people. So <laughs> they're Asian, right? <laughs> so let's get an Asian director. <laughs> That's probably the thought process that went into it, Disney headquarters. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians was really entertaining, so he's a he's a at least um capable director. But again, the purpose mm. of those live action remakes is what at, what's that question here? And um, I guess to close out the the news, we also got the announcement uh, fairly recently that um, this year's Sundance Film Festival will be held in person in theaters as well as a big uh, part of it being held online which is super exciting for us because we might be able to see some of those Sundance films that we usually like I get them at the Zurich Film Festival and then like sometimes even a year year and a half later they come out in cinemas here in Switzerland so that's super exciting to maybe catch some of those films early and that will happen at the end of January they did cut it down from 11 days to 7 days, from January 28th to February 3rd. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Lachlan, are you planning on, on watching any of the uh, Sundance catalog? Uh, if they let me watch it in my country, sure. Yeah, I think um, it won't have that many restrictions when it comes to be, uh, watching it internationally. Um, I mean, I got around it with VPNs um, during this film, film festival season. I got to see it a lot. So if worst comes to worst, you can still just log into, I guess, Utah <laughs> and go over there. Hello, Utah. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're running the cinemas at 25% capacity and usually like Sundance is always really packed. So I assume a lot of people are going to be watching um, from on online. I hope they don't put like restrictions on the amount of seats that they give, like or the amount of tickets that they sell online, because I think a few of the film festivals had like limitations as to how many people could actually watch it. So I hope that won't happen. So we get to see a lot of films. But then we also got a couple of films that are releasing today or this week that you might want to check out. We got to run um, from the filmmakers of Searching. They're doing um, not a sequel to this film, but uh, something along the lines. I don't know what exactly they're doing. I'm seeing the movie fairly soon, as as you can right now, because it's it's not out by the time we're recording this, but it should be out on the day that this episode releases on VOD. 
Um, I hope that's true. That's at least what I read. But again, with release dates changing all the time, um, <laughs> I can't 100% confirm that it is available when you look it up. Then we also got the uh, Steve McQueen miniseries, the Small Axe miniseries, who's releasing a new episode every week. And the first episode should be out um, today on Amazon Prime called Mangrove. And then for the next five weeks, we are getting basically a movie every month from Steve McQueen. Um, I've already seen the first one, Mangrove, and um, I'm going to talk about it in what we've been watching. But I can say it's definitely worth your time and uh, go check it out. Then we also got Mank that's releasing in certain cinema cinemas today. <laughs> that's releasing in certain cinemas today and then also on december 4th on netflix as well as hillbilly elegy that comes out on tuesday on netflix as well and um freaky is playing in cinemas in the u.s not yet uh on vod but it will come out there in the next few weeks and last but definitely not least kajillionaire um that is kind of different in every country it's been out for like a couple of weeks in a few places it's been playing uh upstairs neighbors in germany it's been playing for like one and a half months but it, it doesn't come out until january here so you, i guess you have to check it out locally uh what's available there but it's playing in cinemas and i assume it's coming to vod fairly soon as well okay cool that wraps up the rather long news segment. So, Lachlan, let's get into what we've been watching. Yes. Lachlan, what, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Not a lot of movies, uh, but mainly just TV shows. And I'm going to throw it in there because I have taken up a bit of my time as well. A couple of video games. Obviously, uh, I'll start off with the, the, the one movie that I did watch this week, and that's because my uh, my partner hadn't seen it, and that's Full Metal Jacket. That's the reason I actually brought it up in the podcast today, because it's fresh on my mind. Hmm. Um, I watched Full Metal Jacket because it was one of the things I saw on Netflix, and I was like, have you seen this? She was like, nah. And I was like, all right, <laughs> sit back. Uh, Let's press play. Um, and then I watched uh, three TV series, two I, uh, two I haven't completed yet, one I have. Mm. Uh, the one I had completed is uh, a short little, like, I guess, doco series called Active Shooter, America Under Fire. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what streaming service it came on everywhere else, but here in Australia, it is on Stan. Essentially, it just goes over eight of the some of the worst mass shootings in America. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, it does the same format every time. Sets it up the first, like, sets up a couple people, goes through sort of like a minute by minute, beat by beat of the actual shooting, what happened. And then the aftermath and what, how everyone is is living now. And honestly, it's it's quite fucking hard to watch sometimes. Um, I think the big ones that are hard to watch were the uh, Aurora, the, the the Pulse nightclub, yeah, shooting. That was pretty hard to watch. Um, I it sucks to say that Columbine, which is obviously the worst, is just become so saturated in modern media that I just didn't care about that episode, which is the last episode, which. I wish it was a bit stronger, but because everyone I've seen a bunch of Columbine stuff, it's just it means nothing to me now. Yes, it's one of the worst mass shootings, but I think the other ones that were on there were were done so much so much better. Mm. And I think the funny thing about that one about this one series is the fact that almost every episode references Columbine and goes, "We should have learned from the mistakes." And then another shooting happens, and I'm like, "Wow, this is this is pretty depressing." That yeah. people are like, "We see we, once you've lived that sort of tragedy, you know the the." way of fixing it and i think australia also figured that out pretty early on i guess the states haven't done that yet but that's 
I, I mean, you don't really need full, fully automatic guns. I mean, and that's what happened in Australia. We had a big mass shooting. Government was like, you guys don't need guns. We'll buy them back from you. Did a buyback program. Mm. And then pretty much that was, that was that. But Enough about politics. I think it's a really cool docu series. You can get your hands on it. The other two TV series I haven't finished yet. Queen's Gambit. Fucking awesome. Is that, have you seen it? I have, yeah. And I, I have finished it. Uh, I liked it a lot. Is it, is it? Yeah. You liked it a lot? Cool. Because I'm, I'm really I'm really vibing with it, man. I like, I think it's sick. Currently, I'm like, you don't seem to have any weird flaws yet. So <laughs> she seems to be too perfect for me as a character. What episode are you on? We'll see how time goes on. I'm only up to like the third episode. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, I'm very I'm very fresh, baby. Well, there's only seven um, in and total. Also, um, it's a yeah, short series. Yeah, I'm almost halfway. Mm. The Mandalorian, I'm, I'm re-watching that at the moment to start off season two. Have you? Oh, so you're re-watching it. Okay, interesting. So you haven't seen any of the new season? Re-watching? I haven't seen any of the new mm, season okay. yet. Uh, I'm excited to watch it though. Um, yeah. I'm also watching that because my partner likes Baby Yoda. Doesn't know anything about. Like, I mean, I made her watch that's Star Wars. That's how they're getting. And I was that's like, how they're getting them. I was like, look, I was like, I was like, look at Baby Yoda, and she's like, oh, that's cute. And I was like, sweet, sit down. We're watching Mandalorian. <laughs> you have no choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, season two is, is is pretty good so far. I'm not going to talk about it yeah. again, but uh, oh, sweet. We, we can talk maybe talk about it uh, once season two wraps. Um, I mean, there's only five more episodes. And well, four more episodes by the time this episode comes out, there should be a new episode right now. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, and something probably actually here's another thing I, I, I didn't say. I actually watching a couple more TV shows that I finished uh, this one. Uh, it's called Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Mm. It is uh, three Aussie dudes. Um, they're actually uh, YouTubers, and they got a Netflix series and. They got some decent names in there. They got um, what's his name, Ed Helms, and mm-hmm. uh, Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic. Mm. And also, d- don't they have a cameo from uh, the guy from The Boys? The uh, what's he called? Oh, uh, Homelander. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Who I discovered was from New Zealand, yeah. and I was like, how is this guy putting on such a good accent from like New Zealand, Australia? Turns out he's from down here. So I was like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I watched those four and then currently I'm making my way through Assassin's Creed Valhalla mm-hmm. because I love my Norse mythology. I think it's sick. So playing that, I uh, said so I had a VR headset at the start, playing Half-Life Alex, which Half-Life is one of my favorite games. So by the way, Half-Life Alex is one of the most immersive games I've ever played and also just really fun. So anyone who actually owns a VR headset, buy Half-Life Alex. It's the most fun you'll ever have. Um, and obviously Call of Duty uh, Cold War because uh, I like big explosions and <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> Much like Co-Flop, uh Activision is just like doing a recut of their last game year by year. Pretty much. Are you kidding? One set in the Cold War, I guess. Okay. I, it's actually got a pretty good soundtrack for the single player. Uh, the multiplayer, I'm still trying to get used to because I really like Modern Warfare's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of bought it just for, I, I kind of bought it because I really like zombies in the previous Black Ops games, but I'm not a big fan of this one at the moment. So um, anyway, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's, 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 that's that. That's that. Maybe I should start a YouTube page where I just review random shit. Like there's no theme. It's just like one game video week, one day video weeks, one day movie, one day <laughs> Um, I review the weather in, in Perth. Today's weather is at 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. I started, it's like 20 pretty degrees. Shit. It's not like cold. It's pretty all right. It's, it's been cold at night sometimes. Dude, it's, it's coming Actually, down it to like 2 degrees. It was raining the other day and then it became here. 30 the next day. Yeah. 2 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit? Celsius. Um, oh, like fuck during off the with day, your Celsius. Oh, wait. Were you Celsius? Yeah. Fuck off with your Fahrenheit. Wait, I, did, yeah, Fahrenheit. I didn't say Fahrenheit. What I said you? Celsius, you fucking what? idiot. What? Damn it. I was <laughs> waiting to insult you. Damn it. My insult no, didn't I'm work. I'm using I was Fahrenheit. Using... Uh, I, I, 
Do you use any oh, imperial course, system uh, measurement? No, no, we don't use any of that. Uh, I guess the only thing we do use oh. is uh, inches for TVs, but I guess <clears throat> you're doing that. Oh, uh, we yeah, use that as well. Also, for TVs. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off with your inches. <laughs> I don't have a lot of them. So Stupid fine. Sweden. Super Sweden. Uh, but anyways, okay, I guess that's the end of, of what you've been watching. I've been rudely insulted. So, uh, What have you been watching, man? Here, I'll pass the baton onto you, oh. the invisible baton. Here you go thank you thank you um but yeah i also watched queen's gambit i guess we didn't say what it was but it's a series about chess uh starring anya taylor joy she's kind of this genius jazz player who's like struggling with uh, a drug addiction or like an alcohol and stuff like that and she also is an orphan and um yeah the first few episodes i guess kind of go into that a bit more i think the first episode is just like her at the orphanage which i thought was a bit slow it does get way better after that i didn't really enjoy the first episode but especially towards the end of the show i, I really uh was digging it and uh, yeah it's set in the 1950s um she's this like young protege who's like climbing in a world that's mainly dominated by the patriarchy by like <laughs> a male dominated sport but it's not like such a surface level sports drama that you would usually get i guess like it's not just a success story but there's also some layers to her you said you didn't notice any flaws yet in the first three episodes that you watched but that's definitely coming well other than the sh- <laughs> other than the drug addiction sure but like not as a person i mean she's not flawed she's, yeah as a person she's just like oh look at me i can do chest yay <laughs> no she, i guess she's just kind of a character of like um a tragic character of her circumstances i guess so she's not like actively yeah, a bad that. person um but she she definitely has like her flaws but it's interesting it's um she's beth Harmon, and uh, like i saw that a lot of people googled that myself included if this is based on a true story but no it's based on a novel from uh, i think the 1980s but uh yeah i mean it's like a seven episode show between 40 60 minutes like the story flies by fairly quickly it's available on netflix and yeah i mean if you have six and a half hours to spare and like even a slight interest in chest i think at uh, chest yeah i have a slight interest in chess <laughs> i have a slight interest in chess i think um you're gonna enjoy this a lot so i definitely recommend it then i saw something luckily that you probably are excited about it i saw for the first time i saw moonrise kingdom luckily that's one of your hey, favorites right hey one of my favorites yeah what, what do you love about it the most like um Anyway, I think I went down on this one. I, I should never say went down on this ever, ever again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just <laughs> Every time I say something that I could be like, ooh, that's what he said or she said or that sounds dirty. Like I could be like, ooh, phrasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I say something like that, I just wish I could do an out-of-body experience and just phrasing and then go back in and then anyway i think i went into it on a bit more in a previous episode i'm pretty sure but yeah. i saw moonrise kingdom at a certain like point in my life and i was like hey i know i'm 20 so i haven't really had that many fucking points in my life but like it was a point where i was like oh i don't want to be a kid i want to be an adult but i don't want to be an adult i want to be a kid i want to be a, i don't want to be a kid i want to be blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. i just saw it in a, in a weird point in my life and i went i like this movie yeah and then also it was I, I like really liked Wes Anderson's style mm-hmm. and also I've kind of I guess took it on in my own personal filmmaking is some of his oh yeah for sure uh, <laughs> some of his style oh, yeah definitely yeah for yeah. sure 
Um, I, I like the way he presents his movies and this particular movie, even though, yes, now I, if I look at it from a filmmaking perspective, does have some flaws. It's not his best. I still think it's one of the, the most adorable. And oh, cute. yeah, that for sure. And yeah. I always, I always want to go back to that point of innocence, mm-hmm. even though now I'm like just before I, <laughs> I bet you when I was like eight, I didn't go ha <laughs> phrasing. I was like, I did, I didn't get that. I want to go back to that point. Yeah. And that's what these two have. And it's quite adorable. It's cute. Um, also I like Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, we got it. And, and Bruce Willis. Yeah. Bruce Willis in this, like Francis McDormand, Edward Norton, Tilda Swinton. Yeah. For, like yeah, many yeah. more, even Harvey Keitel for some reason. <laughs> yeah. All these funniest, people. Uh, his appearance. Um, no, no, it's good. It's yeah. Good. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like it captures that kind of childhood innocence and like the feeling of just wanting to be in like the present, just like now. And you don't want to look in the future too much. You just make decisions that you think are gonna like stick for the rest of your life, and you're just enjoying it. And that's kind of that movie to me. Uh, it it was it was so so much warmth was was uh like springing from every frame in the movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And just I guess always visually his style is uh, like original and unique. Uh, unless you compare it to other Wes Anderson movies, then I guess it isn't as original, but it just really stands out and um I think it it helped the story a lot in this like it made sense um kind of his vis- visual style to the whole film. But uh yeah, definitely go check that out if you haven't. It's available here on Netflix. I don't know about other countries, but at least here in Sweden it is. <laughs> in Sweden. <laughs> Scandinavian Sweden. Yes. The Swedish guy over here from Scandinavia. Then I watched another movie that had <laughs> I don't know why, but the last three things that things I talked about had all orphans in them. Like in Moonrise Kingdom, he's an orphan. Mm. Then uh, then Anya Taylor Joy's character is an orphan. And also in the New Mutants, we have an orphan. <laughs> this is the last X-Men movie from the like Fox production side of the, of this universe. And like this was endlessly pushed and pushed back even before Corona. We have uh, stars starring from uh, Game of Thrones and Stranger Things. And of course, topping them all from the M. Night Shyamalan connected universe. Yes. Uh, anyways, this is this is basically like Breakfast Club, but with superpowers and a really failed attempt at having like a horror story in this Fox uh, X-Men universe. And they're basically like all locked locked up in a secret facility. Uh, a new member joins the, the aforementioned orphan and uh, she discovers her mutant abilities. And I guess they all discover themselves in like their troubled past and they, they've all like done something like terrible and they're just trying to get the, the grip of it. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the dialogue is terrible. <laughs> the, the acting is super stagey and at the end it just feels like, okay, this was another like dump in the X-Men universe. And it's also like way too tame to be like, go like hard into horror. But uh, yeah, Lachlan, where do you stand on, I guess, the grander scheme of the X-Men universe? Have you seen a lot of them? Well, I've seen the majority of them. Um, I don't think I missed out on the last couple X-Men films though, just cause I knew they were going downhill. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. And then I saw, I missed out on the last few big X-Men films, except obviously, uh, like the standalone Wolverine ones, but yeah. like I, I, I eventually watched like X-Men Apocalypse and I think I turned it off halfway realizing it was a total piece of shit <laughs> in a tr- trash can on fire. That's okay. also in a pile of shit. Um, okay. 
Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't give a shit about the X-Men anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's... Other, th- other than if Wolverine comes back, I'm totally down. I, I like the ending that they had to that story. And uh, it's personally my favorite out of the X-Men Fox universe. Um, I think there's 30 movies in the series. I do have a ranked list over on Letterboxd you can go check out but yeah i guess my like i'm not gonna talk about uh, i'm not gonna like list them all but you can go check it out if you're interested but um i guess my first three like are logan deadpool and x-men 2 i think those are probably like the three best films that came out of that universe um Mm. but yeah okay let's let's move on we also got mangrove i already talked about this before this is the first one in the steve mcqueen small x series um available on amazon prime steve mcqueen the director of like 12 years a slave and shame and hunger widows and now he's doing a small x series so uh, interesting to for someone who hasn't like done a lot of films to just like publish five of them back to back like weekly that's kind of crazy to me um, so this premiered at uh, New York Film Festival and uh, it tells the story of the Mangrove Nine. Um, if that sounds familiar to something we've already seen this year, then uh, I, I mean, I can't. I, sure, yeah, I agree. But consider this, I guess, kind of the better version of a court drama about police brutality and like systemic racism, which I guess Trial of the Chicago 7 didn't really tackle anyway, uh, like at least in, in a real way. And it's set in London instead of the US, but also around the same time in, in 1970. But yeah, definitely go check it out. I I mean, Trial of the Chicago 7 was enjoyable, but I think this is a way better film. Uh, so yeah, if you like that other one, definitely go see this one. Then I watched uh, Tomboy, which is uh, Celine Schiama's uh, film from 2011, starring a young girl kind of finding herself. And I think she, I think Skiama uh, is a treasure. Like in every film that I watch from her, I get more and more fascinated in her like style of filmmaking. And like, I love that even though there's hardly like any music in any of the films, it feels like emotionally I'm just being screamed at by, by, by uh, all the performances in, in every single frame. So um, just go check that out. It's on the Criterion channel, channel right now, but it's leaving at the end of the month. So that's why I uh, checked it out a bit early. It's been on my watch list for a long time. Great child performance as well. And if you like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, this will be your jam. Then I watched uh, Broken Hearts Gallery. Uh, Lachlan, you, you know my stance on rom-coms, right? Uh, you are in love with every single one of I them? I am, exactly. So, uh, this was just like, I don't know, it was just, I was ready to propose after this movie because, uh, again, it's a, to, it's a rom-com. To who? Fuck. I don't know, just to the movie industry, that just to the people who make rom-coms again and again. But, uh, you know, actually, I enjoyed this quite a bit. The Broken Hearts Gallery is definitely unique um, It's uh, in its approach. It's not unique in the sense that it redefines the genre or, like, does anything, like, completely new and any stretch of the imagination, but at least it tries to uh, be current. And um, I don't really like uh, the types of films that have a really blabbermouthy lead. And that's just all this character is in the lead. It was a bit much at times, but I think there's an audience for it that really enjoys it. And I was just like interested in it. Uh, I do think there's a better, more interesting rom-com from this year, Palm Springs, who also does like time loops. I wouldn't put it over that, but uh, I guess when it comes to rom-coms, it would be um, second to Palm Springs. And then I watched the latest Robert Zemeckis film, film um, The Witches, 
And I have to say, I liked Robert uh, Zemeckis the most uh, last when he was caricatured in Kaufman's um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, this this is a rough film. Again, this is a children's film, so I, I know. But still, like, it doesn't justify terrible dialogue and, like, bad performances and an overall, like, boring plot. And it's also, like, a super ugly film. I don't mean um, that in the portrayal of the witches because there was some controversy around like they, they have like three fingers and uh, just a single toe. I don't mean like that as being ugly, don't get me wrong. It was just kind of from the cinematography standpoint and just from the VFX, everything looked like super glossy. And uh, yeah, no, just don't don't watch it. I watched it for you. Do not watch that. <laughs> But that wraps us up for what we've been watching and we'll get into Never Ready Sometimes Always. Right, let's get into Never Ready Sometimes Always. Okay, so I think we already talked about this film um, on our ZFF recap with um, Michelle and um, Alan, but we're doing it again now, but with a different person um, in the discussion. Hey, that's me. That is you. Hey, hey. oi, that's me. That's me. (laughs) Something that we usually do on our Roll Dead Against, I I decided to do for uh, this film as well. We're going over the ratings because I think there's something really interesting that uh, I noticed. So on Letterboxd, we got a 3.9, on IMDb, a 7.3, on Metacritic from the critics, and 91, and then a user score from for 0.7. <laughs> Jesus um, so Christ. So I went, I did a little bit of an investigation and saw that there were like mainly a lot of like 10, 9, 8, and 7 reviews and then just a couple that were like really low with uh ones or zeros i guess otherwise it was just kind of spammed so so i guess christians christian boomers finally figured out how to use the internet and then they just spammed this uh pro-choice film for for that reason alone because it's pro-choice i guess it's just how the internet works i guess the same kind of happened on imdb because i do think it would be a little bit higher than a 7.3 when you compare it to letterbox which usually uh Thank God, thank yes, thank God doesn't get invaded for from uh, those uh, those people. Yeah, I, I wanted to read a few of the reviews, just two of them, because I found them pretty interesting to say the least. So the first one, uh, which was a one-star review, read: "Feminist propaganda about how you can be a strong, independent woman, but not really because you always be oppressed by the white cis male patriarchy." I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you summed it up pretty well that it's like a feminist." You could see it as a feminist feminist film that uh, makes it harder for women to live in a man's world. But I don't see why this is like such a big critique for this guy. But I guess he was uh, in his white cis male uh, viewpoint. He was kind of, I guess, triggered. And uh, the other one read, man, bad, woman, good. No responsibility for women. It's always their choice. Unlike for men who have no means of escaping alive in indentured servitude after an unintended pregnancy that follows consensual sex. Of course, women are always represented in the most sympathetic way possible, while men are evil, harassing, controlling. I see why women love this movie. I cannot see a single reason why a man would. <laughs> Pretty hard statement from uh, Mr. Anonymous uh, there. Lachlan, Lachlan, do you got any thoughts on, on those uh, interesting reviews? 
uh, look, if you're anonymous and you're talking that much garbage, you're a bit of a bitch because I'm I'm not afraid to call a movie shit and I've got my name listed all over it. So I think what I think a lot of the hate is coming from just people who don't like the I guess the 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 context of this film or I guess the the themes mm-hmm. of this film. Which if you ever want to know if it's going to go against anyone's uh, conservative views, uh, a great website to check out is uh, MovieGuide.org. Oh my god! Which is essentially hold on, that's a great a, website. <laughs> a a a family guide to movies and entertainment and never rarely, sometimes always is listed as an evil pro-abortion drama. Listen, I <laughs> obviously I'm, I, I don't think this is an evil pro-abortion drama. I think this is a beautiful film, uh, incredibly directed and in a, in shot in a way that is so realistic. It, it It's almost like I was watching a documentary in a way. I think it's incredibly acted, even though there's, very little dialogue. I think the performance by both of the young girls, who's uh, I should get their names up. Really, that it's kind of rude that I did that. <laughs> the actors or the um, characters? Yeah, no, the the all the actresses. Oh, I should get the Sydney ca- Flanagan and, and Talia Ryder. Yes, two leads. Yeah, Sydney Flanagan and what was the other one? Talia Ryder. Talia Ryder. Yeah. yeah, I think they both did an awesome job. Obviously, those two other main uh, women that we follow in this film, mm-hmm. and, and and look, what they did was fucking wicked. Um, I think this film is getting just reviewed bomb because of the subject matter and that sucks because it's really a beautiful film what do you think man yeah i mean it still has that metacritic uh review of like when it's not fresh that's uh rotten tomatoes but it's like a must see right that's what it is on metacritic holy fuck i just looked at the user review on metacritic 1422 negative reviews yeah uh it's definitely like even maybe even bot reviewed. I don't think that those were single people. But again, like the what the Trump presidency has shown. Again, we're not trying to get political here, but we're kind of getting political, I guess, in senses. Like there's a lot of idiots with big mouths out there. Uh so I guess it's I'm like, one of them. But yeah, I guess you're at least not a racist. That's a good thing for you with your big mouth. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Isn't like the next season of Big Mouth coming out in like a month as well? Uh anyways. Oh yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that. It's like a ba- based on anxiety. Yeah. Completely off topic though, yeah, but <laughs> completely off topic i know i can i i get it i i know why it's happening um and i i don't mind it because it's a user score and i don't usually look at a user score but i, I do like i know that a lot of people do um actually like the first time that i'm interested in in seeing what rotten tomatoes has because i usually don't like that website a lot the audience score never really sometimes always interesting it has a tomato meter um from the critics of 99 percent again how rotten tomatoes works that's why i not, not like it any positive review is counted as a positive review anything above like 50 of it must be 50 maybe it's even 60 percent it's counted as a positive review anything under that is negative it doesn't matter if it's like everything is a six star or everything is a 10 star it's kind of that's the same um two rotten tomatoes but the audience score is 20 percent. so uh yeah they also have invaded rated rotten tomatoes but again your safe space is letterbox just come come over to letterbox you're safe there so we were already talking about the performances before so it's really subtle right for someone like sydney flanagan who plays the lead autumn it's her first like ever um role in a feature it was a feature debut oh really yeah. wow and I think Talia Ryder is all, they are like all super young. Talia Ryder Good is fucking a, debut. about to be in um, West Side Story that got pushed a year from okay. Spielberg. But otherwise we would have had a movie in like a week or two where she would have been in again. I don't think she has like one of the lead roles, but she's definitely has uh, 
a dancing singing part in it at least oh wicked yeah so i think this is i, I don't think this is like something that is promising uh like huge talent on screen in upcoming movies i think it's just like in th this echo chamber of a movie their performances were to me at least like absolutely fucking perfect that like i don't know anything else that could have been portrayed better by Sidney Flanagan in what her character was going through. I just, I, I was really digging it. Yeah, what about the cinematography and the production design? Was there anything without, I guess, getting into, we got into spoilers, we, we'll get into spoilers in a second, but was there anything uh, in the cinematography that stood out to you? Not really. I, well, I mean, when I say not really, I, I think that's what stood out. It was very simple by the books, nothing, no fancy shots. And I think that was a smart decision because if they did some really fancy shots, it'd be taken away from the actual story. So exactly, I think yeah. with the simple, I wouldn't say just like simple cinematography, but sound design and all the technical aspects of it, lighting, et cetera, et cetera, is all done at a very minimalist level mm -hmm. uh, to, I guess, emphasize the, again, subject matter, the, the, the what this film is about and the story that these two girls go through. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I I enjoyed that aspect of it as well. Just kind of, as well, it, it's really simple. Um, Sometimes it's even like static or just, I guess, just kind of slightly panning one way or the other. Mm. It, feel, or it feels like um you are really just kind of witnessing them and you're along on that right but it's not as immersive that you're being chanked around all the time it's a really calm movie in its approach and as, as you said like it reflects as well how the characters behave there's nothing like really extra or big that they do their personalities aren't like super extravagant uh, our lead autumn <laughs> barely doesn't say a word un unless she really has to say a word and uh that's kind of how i see the camera as well like it's not trying to express something and put something in your face it's more that you're mm. kind of reading her face and her emotions and her trauma that uh she has without ever hearing it and that's the same thing that is illustrated through the visuals but yeah uh, should we get into spoilers man should we get into the I'm spoilers? Down. I'm down. I guess we'll kind of move through scene by scene. And, and if anything comes up that we want to talk about, uh, we do that. So you stop me at any moment. Um, so we start off with an opening. Um, Autumn is performing a song in the auditorium at a talent show. And uh, someone's calling her a whore during her performance. And she's kind of taken aback and starts singing again. So you can see she's someone who, who I guess really enjoys singing. But you can also already tell that uh, something's up with her. She seems kind of depressed in a sense. She's, she's, um, doesn't seem like she's a really happy teen, but I guess, I guess what teen in, in the teenage year in high school is like really happy. True. <laughs> we soon found, find out that I guess something else is wrong and she goes to, um, uh, counseling. She goes to counseling at a woman health's, uh, clinic. Lachlan, did you notice anything in the production design there? no but i'm assuming you're gonna say yes aha, uh -huh, but, but <laughs> uh, no, fuck you i noticed that it's like i've already seen the f film like three yeah three times at least and i skipped through today okay. again to kind of uh i guess made this make this listen uh pick up on some stuff and the second time around i was like hold on this whole like office is plastered with uh flowers like everything is kind of showing this blooming and new life coming about. So you're kind oh, of okay. being primed to, hey, this is not an institution that is just mainly concerned about the well-being of uh, patients, but we have an agenda. <laughs> we are pro-life and it, it's so it's so in your face um, when you notice it. <laughs> 
just like everything everything on the walls is always flowers like the shirts that they wear as well um all the staff is also everything is just in uh, with flowers so i really enjoyed that it, i guess it worked in a subtle way as well because you didn't notice it when you watched it no i didn't notice it so you did i didn't know i didn't yeah no i guess it worked because i mean like, i noticed there was flowers in the scene but i didn't realize it was everywhere but fuck yeah yeah uh, i guess it's i don't know it's, it's something that i think you also pick up subliminally uh just kind of the vibe that something gives off is something that i joined enjoyed quite a bit and uh, then we get introduced, uh, I guess, properly um, to uh, her cousin, um, her cousin Skylar. Uh, I guess I kind of skipped up uh, over something because the guy who called her a whore during her performance, there seems to be something up with that guy. And uh, after dinner, she after like going out for dinner after the performance, she uh, she throws some water in his face. So you can see that there's something that was between those two but we never get more than that and i love it i love that mm. we don't get like any uh cheesy narration of like back in summer or some shit like that it's just that's all we're getting and it's for me it works perfectly and i think it f moves into the uh how i think this film is shot in a very realistic way mm -hmm. like there's no crazy voiceover there's no there's no like it's all w what you see is what is what is happening this is their story that that they follow mm -hmm. always kept in like the same perspective as well so yeah no it's it's it all it's a really well-made film like like that's the best way to explain it like they knew the direction they wanted to go and they executed it really well from a technical standpoint, from a directing standpoint, from a performance standpoint. Um, it all adds to this realistic feeling as if it was a, a film crew quietly and somehow uh, really stealthily recording <laughs> these two girls mm. on their journey, which would have been really creepy, but it's not. It's actually really beautiful. <laughs> Still wouldn't have been the creepiest guy in this movie. I guess that's where the oh, biggest yeah. criticism comes in. And that's, I guess we kind of already saw that reflected in one of the reviews that said like all men bad and women good. Uh, I think that there is something to that argument, at least the first part, not the rest of it, but just kind of that every male figure that appears is kind of harmful and in some way at least the guy that we're about to meet at a grocery shop their their boss who like kisses them every time that they get their money or they, yeah uh that's someone who was like really over the top and that kind of i guess tips it over the edge at least a slight bit for me everyone else i thought mm. Not just totally like an, i can see this her, her dad is kind of a jerk um and uh who else is there uh, we got the guy who they meet in New York afterwards and there's like this one occasion with someone who jerks off on the subway, right? Those aren't like fast stretches, like something that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, it's just that it's not, it's maybe something that him as, as he argued, a white cis male uh, isn't really familiar with that that happens mm. to a lot of people like i i know firsthand that i know a couple of people who have been like even raped in their lifetime and they're not they're not like old and it's happened to them um and uh yeah it's it's not something that's like a rare occasion it happens to a lot of people so the fear of like having this male presence over looming in, in like the big city, I think was a, was a valid observation from Hitman, Eliza Hitman, how, how she, she portrayed it and not like something that was unrealistic because I, I'm touching on this because you uh, said just a second ago that it, it feels real, just like we are uh, watching them. And this is like something um, that's really a real story that's unfolding in front of our eyes. After the creepy run-in at the grocery shop with her cousin and, and her boss, 
she goes back to the health clinic um, before she just did a pregnancy test and it said it was positive. So now she's coming back to do a sonogram. And at the end of her visit there, uh, when she's asked asked uh, what uh, she wants to do with the baby, she said oh, she doesn't really know yet. You can see that she already feels like that won't get the approval at this place. Then the true, uh, true intentions from the clinic staff shine through when they play a video of like how abortion is murder and uh, like the complete alienation of i guess having someone who understands um your conflict and has actually has empathy for you rather than this uh unborn uh growing thing inside of you and uh we then see a really really painful montage of her trying to self-inflict her own abortion uh which i guess kind of ends with her piercing her her ear <laughs> it's kind of it feels like yeah i guess it, it feels like ah she doesn't have control over anything so maybe she just gets a piercing right now uh, that's kind of what, what she's able to control on her body it's i can pierce myself and then i have a piercing but I, I don't know what to do with this baby at the moment. And um, soon after, on another day at work, Skylar uh, finds out that she's pregnant because um, Autumn is getting sick and she throws up. They decide to, I guess, embark on this journey after she realizes that in, in the small town in Pennsylvania that Autumn uh, lives in, there's no possibility to get an abortion for someone who is uh, a minor because Autumn is 17 years old. Uh, without their parents having to consent to it. So they decide to go to New York. And uh, I guess that journey begins, right? And I guess they, they steal a little bit of money <laughs> from the shop. Uh, I don't know if that's going to bite them back in, in their asses because uh, there was a camera in there. But um, for now, I guess they're fine. And on the bus, uh, we have the first run-in with what I call Horny Boy. Would you agree with that statement, Lachlan? Or is he just uh, a man? Uh um, he is a man who is also a horny boy. He, he is horny boy. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I always thought his intentions were going to be quite pure. I mm -hmm. thought he was going to be like a really nice dude, but I don't know. I mean, sure, he does find one of them attractive and that's his entire story arc, how he offers them, how he offers them to come out, blah, blah, and then he ends up being just, you know, I mean, I don't see him as like a, bad, no, I don't but, see him as a villain, but I, I do see like, because I think the movie is really about giving a female perspective to the whole thing and going through the whole procedure yeah. instead of just like oh yeah i was pregnant i had to get an abortion and then we're moving on no we have to move through all the steps that get you to there and see how like hard it is so like you kind of feel the hardship um alongside them yeah. and it just feels kind of out of out of place just trying to poke them in a sense when they aren't really there to have fun they're just trying to get something done and i guess he becomes a, a at the end he becomes a, a means to an end for them to solve a problem and uh yeah which i guess uh lead, we'll, we'll get to it in a, we'll get to it in a minute we can talk about it again but we get the first w visit to the clinic and there they do another sonogram and it turns out that autumn is not um 10 weeks in her into her pregnancy which uh is what they have told her at uh, the women uh, health center at uh in pennsylvania she's actually 18 weeks ahead so that means she has passed the threshold of 
um, the I guess more the, the normal abortion uh, limit of three months, which would be at, at 12 weeks, right? She has exceeded that. And um, that means she can't um, have the, a real simple procedure because the embryo is already further along. So she has to go to a different clinic, which means these two have to spend the night in, in the big city, in the Big Apple. I think they're in Manhattan for most of this. I don't know. Maybe you are a bit familiar and more familiar with uh, the New York metropolitan area. I've been to I've been to New York once and apparently I'm a professional. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, no, look, Between they the two seem of us, to be in downtown Manhattan. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, like uh, Yeah, sure. They were somewhere in... Uh, New York. Thank you. They definitely caught. Thank you for They definitely input. caught the same, <laughs> the train, the train line into New York, yeah. and then they caught the subway. That's the same way I got from. I think it's JFK to New York by a train. See, so see, I didn't know that. So there's there's, yeah. there's something there's something. And the only reason <laughs> I knew that is because my dad and I didn't technically buy a train ticket to get on the train, what? and then the train conductor came along. Yeah. <laughs> Quick story. Me and my dad didn't get a train ticket for the train line, and we were like, "We got one," and they were like, "No, you don't. You've got one for the tram." And, and we were like, uh, "Sorry, for the subway." And I was like, "What's the what's the fucking difference?" And they're like, "This is a train. That's a subway." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you can buy a ticket now." We this happens all the time with tourists, and I'm like, "Yeah, we wouldn't. We I I, I totally would have bought a ticket if I knew this was the the procedure." So yeah, I mean, I think we kind of jumped. I don't know how he kind of just got on the train because you do have to like scan yeah. things. So yeah, my dad and I quite were quite confused when we, when we were like, and the guy was like, "Yeah, that's not that's not a valid ticket." And I was, and he was like, "Do you want to get a ticket?" I'm like, "No, of course we want to get a fucking ticket." <laughs> do you want to get a a ticket or a ticket? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which one doesn't get me in trouble? <laughs> Doesn't matter, they're both the same. But I guess I can tell you that in Switzerland it wouldn't be the same. They would just fucking find you. They do not give a shit. Uh, capitalist yeah. uh, through and through here. I'll get you like a special ticket when you come here. That's like, we have some stuff that uh, I can like, I can chauffeur you around in public transport. It's actually pretty nice. But it's still, yeah. I guess, really expensive, which is kind of a trouble that Autumn and Skyla are having as well. Everything's kind of expensive. But they did snatch that money um, from their workplace so on their first night um after they are on the subway themselves and encounter counter a jerk that's kind of jerking his ween um they manage to escape that uh thankfully escape that situation and they go into a penny arcade and uh, play a few games and um then try to stay like at the subway sta station but are kicked out uh, because I guess a lot of people are just trying to seek shelter in New York City, and I guess I don't know why they don't wanna. They don't wanna go into I I I guess a hotel in the first night if they have uh, if they have enough money. But I I guess they're just trying to um don't spend that money <laughs> as long as they can. But then on the second day in the second clinic where like Christians and and other like pro life people are protesting on the other side of the street from that abortion clinic, they get inside that clinic with the heavy luggage that they've been carrying around with them the whole time, which I guess is another like symbolization, a really like easy one of yo know, they 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 carrying baggage around. <laughs> uh it turns out this is a two day procedure. And she has to um, stay for another night um, just because they have to put something inside of her that will like make it easier on the next day 
to go through the whole medical procedure. And then we get the title giving um, sequence, uh, four and a half minute static one take. Uh, the conversation is a bit longer, but it, it's it's like almost a 15 minute scene where she and this uh, uh, counselor person have a conversation just about her well-being and, and why she is doing this. And I guess it's a scene where we get the most... Uh, we get to know Autumn a bit better and uh, not from her actually sharing something, but from this, from what she doesn't share and how she re reacts to it. And Akhlan, I just wanted to uh, to get your thoughts on the title giving scene, Never Really, Sometimes, Always. At first, I, well, obviously I was really into the, to the film and I was watching it and I kind of lost, you know, when you get, really get into a film and you kind of forget what's happening around you and what's actually kind of happening on mm -hmm. screen because you don't invest in yeah. And I was watching this and I was like, oh, yeah, this, this, this scene's pretty cool. And it just kept going and going. And I was like, this hasn't cut yet, has it? And I was like, no, it hasn't cut. And that was probably about, I don't know, like 30 seconds to a minute in. And then then it clicked about halfway through what she was saying, never, rarely, sometimes, always. And I was like, hang on a second, that's the fucking title of the film. And I was like, holy shit, hold on a minute. And then it kept going for another like two minutes. And yeah, so it, go, it goes on for you know, four and a half minutes. And I actually scrolled back when I watched it. I scrolled back and I was like, how long is this? And I was like, holy shit, didn't cut for that long mm -hmm. and i was like that's a really cool use of the title like because obviously so i like it when films like drop the title somewhere in the great example um <laughs> full metal jacket when mm -hmm. private pile is like talking about his rifle and he's like full metal jacket rounds and i was like ah um yeah um yeah that, that's fun and then when she was like never rarely sometimes always and i went wow it's it's a powerful use and it changes the whole because i was like i don't know what the like i used before i watched this film you know i was making you know how i was making fun of it i was like oh never really always sometimes or like i'd mess it up in front of exactly. you and you'd be like ah, and just, piss you off just wait and see and yeah. i and I was just like, oh, it's one of those, it's just one of those titles where it's just like got nothing to do with the story. Like it's like a, a like a, a poetic title. Mm -hmm. And no, no. Well, I mean, it's still poetic, but like Christ, it hits harder when you know what the, when, the, when, when you figure out what they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I wanted to, I guess, find out how long the scene was exactly. So um, I skipped through the scene and just like looking at still frames or like playing it five seconds at a time, just looking at Autumn's face. I was, I'm, a, I'm an emotional motherfucker, you know that by now. So I started to tear oh, up yeah. just like not even watching the whole film. Uh, it, it gets me every time. I think it's as, as well like from, for, from her performance, it, we, we, do get, we do get an emotional response. We get tears, but we get someone who was holding back this whole time. And you can see that like a lot of shit has happened to this person, but she is deciding to keep it in. And it's like some stuff is it's dripping over the brim, like it's 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 showing, and uh, yeah, again, like super emotional scene. And um, I think I already said this on the ZFF podcast, but uh, I do think this is my favorite scene of 2020 yet, or like my favorite shot. I I really really adore the performance, and um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to uh, to the first part of the procedure. And uh, there we get like a slow panning shot where we see that the counselor is uh, in there with her holding her hands. And I, and I thought that holding hands and like showing support uh, by giving someone, um, I guess, physical cl closeness, uh, being physically close is something that they don't do a lot. But when they do, like holding hands, especially the, the, the two times that it happens, in the, well, I guess it happens a bit more, but when it's like the focus of the shot as well, it's it's so effective to me um i guess this being the the less 
important scene here where we just see someone random who uh who autumn can kind of rely on without feeling uh she either has to give back or like uh someone's using something against her or uh, she doesn't have to be afraid she's just kind of someone's there for her what ends up happening is that the procedure would be covered in healthcare and the family actually has healthcare the problem is that if she were to use that healthcare, it would come up on a bill and their parents would end up knowing about it anyway. So the whole like trip of them trying to get an abortion, I guess she couldn't have gotten an abortion in Pennsylvania anyway. So it wasn't like, it wouldn't have been like uh, without a purpose, but still she doesn't want that to pop up. So she ends up paying from the money that they stole, which uh, leads to them uh, not having any money on their second night and consequently not having any money for the bus ride back uh so that kind of roars up the tension between the two cousins they uh, don't have a fight but they just like have a quick argument in a sense um where we see that skylar who before on the bus actually uh gave her number to the horny guy (laughs) um is texting that horny guy back and uh, asking to meet up just so they can maybe have something to eat and ultimately kind of lead to the really, really <laughs> weird question of like, yo, can we borrow like 80 bucks from you? Or like, no, was it like 150 bucks from you for our bus ride back? We kind of lost our tickets and lost our money. Oopsie. What, what do you think about that whole sequence when um, I guess the whole like few scenes that we get once uh, the guy pops up again in the story, like the bowling and the karaoke? I mean, I thought it was cute. I was like, oh, they're going to have this nice, happy evening. And then it just turns into a lonely evening. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into like a, like a, I love you kind of evening, supportive evening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It was like a weird, weird turnaround all of a sudden where they were arguing and then she went off and she never came back. And then she found her somehow and then held her hand. Yeah. Not going to lie. Wouldn't hold, wouldn't hold your hand if you're making out with someone. Well, okay. I mean, I've done it before and it was really awkward, but... Wait, holding hand with I'd a third person? never do it. Yeah. Wait, that's... Yeah, that is actually weird. How, how do you get into a situation where you're making out with someone and then you're holding the hand? Well, it's easy. It's in a nightclub and they're distracted and you just hold their hand. Oh. <laughs> Got to look out for the homies, man. <laughs> you don't want to lose someone, but you do want to get a quick kiss in, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I guess she's holding her hand there too. Um, give her emotional support and during that scene at, at first I was kind of anxious about like oh no he, he's going to see her this is going to be this really awkward moment but no yeah. that's not what the movie is about again it's about like really internalized drama and internalized conflict not this like big scene um, which that maybe would have led to but yeah it, it, for me it's like slowly turns into that encounter for Skylar it turns more of like her having to become more and more of a uh what is it called um an escort an escort exactly so she kind of slowly uh has to walk the line of almost like being uh as like doing kind of an an escort thing because at the end when she asked for the money he's like yeah there's an atm outside but you have to join me and his intentions are clearly yeah okay i want to get at least something out of this for my money um puts kind of a like a, a monetary value on um, having like this physical closeness with someone else, which is kind of gross uh, when she's just trying to get home. Uh, again, it's like it's completely fine if someone decides to do that on their own. Like I'm, I'm all for sex work, do whatever you want uh, with your body and, and make monetary gain from it. But 
he, he, it feels like he's kind of using that that okay i'm giving you this then you have to give me that and that kind of tips him for maybe a sweet uh good intentioned guy who just wants to party with someone and maybe hook up if they're both like into it he maybe comes on a bit hard but uh then it kind of shifts to something else when it's money gets involved which at least makes you uncomfortable <laughs> we get the second part of the procedure and uh at the end of it they they are in a in a little bit of a in a, in a cafe and they're eating a bit and um they're talking about what it was like and <laughs> typical for autumn she doesn't really give any information she's just like yeah no it was all right and uh we do see this relief on her face and uh i guess it's the first time in the movie that she kind of cracks a smile as well and then the movie ends with her on the bus ride back and her leaning her head against uh, the window and slowly closing her eyes as it fades to black and um the credits roll onto the screen yeah it feels like at least somewhat a happy ending a closing of um this kind of <laughs> not high t i wouldn't say high tension drama but just kind of anxious this whole anxiety kind of being over for us as the viewer but also for autumn and skylar and uh yeah i liked how it ended it was simple didn't need to be over the top again felt like it was real life so i i had no complaints about the ending at all yeah and as you might have been able to tell and i've already said it a couple of times this is my my favorite film of 2020 i don't think anything's gonna push it off that spot um but i i, I do think it has like a few flaws that i wouldn't say oh yeah it's this perfect film but it's uh really damn fucking close to that to me so i like i gave it a nine out of ten and i and i stand by that any day of the week and um yeah i think luckily you gave it a seven out of ten as well which is also like a, a good positive yeah. rating but i i can agree with that like it's seven eight nine to, um out of ten i think that is uh the range that i would see this movie in <laughs> for most people i hope that they take that yeah. away from it because you've already mentioned if it's like way lower than that then i guess it's just uh the context and the premise that's putting people off uh, not the actual movie itself because like that it's just uh, beautifully done but i was i was interested would this uh movie be like a fixed seven for you as well or would it be would it depend on maybe your mood as well in how you take in like drama films every movie is depending on my mood really yeah that um, is true, this yeah. one would be this one is a seven but i can see it being an eight but I can also seeing it, I can also see myself being in a shit mood and wanting to see bang bang explosion boomy boomy and giving it a two. So um, yeah, no, I, I if I, if I think about it from like a clear head perspective, it's a really well made film. So I'd probably give it closer to like a seven and a half than a seven. I still don't think it's my favorite film from twenty twenty. Oh yeah, what is your favorite film think of twenty twenty? Please don't say Sonic. My favorite Please film don't say of twenty. Sonic. Please. That was gonna be my yeah, joke. No. That was gonna be the joke. Yeah. No. Don't. It's not acceptable. Bro. You can't. Can't. Oh, I was faster sakes. than you, man. I was faster than um, Sonic. Fast. All right. Well, look. Then my favorite film from this year has to be Hubby Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good. Good choice. Actual good choice. Mm. I think the highest rated film I've given this year has been I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm, yeah, that's my second highest, yeah. So I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. Either, either I'm Thinking of Ending Things or possibly, possibly, uh, hear me out, Borat. Borat. Like, actually, or are you joking again? Because, like, it wasn't... No, cool. not really. No, no, Not really? really? I don't, I, no, I don't even no, know. No. You, you haven't seen, like, that many films, though. And you also haven't seen Mank, so... Uh, 
I guess, uh, nonetheless, just saying that before, and it's definitely a recommendation from the both of us. Go seek it out. It's been out on VOD since March in the US. You can pretty much find it everywhere. It's had its cinematic run. I think that's pretty much over in most places. So uh, if it's not available yet in VOD in your certain region, it will be uh, soon, I assume. So go check it out if you haven't yet. And for Mank, Mank will be one of our next episodes once Lachlan gets to see it. Then we will do an episode on Mank. And our next roll that again will be on uh, the Sorkin Venture Joint, the social network. And then uh, we're also doing uh, the Pixar bracket, which actually you've never heard before our audience, but we actually recorded that before. But then that episode kind of got scrapped. So we're redoing that Pixar bracket. Again, just a reminder, join the Discord if you want to join the secret um, Santa film raffle. That's still going on and preceding those free, uh, no, after those free episodes, we'll also have a, like a quick segment on that on the show. So you might get a chance to recommend a movie to us that we actually have to talk about on uh, the show. So I guess take that chance <laughs> and run with it. But uh, yeah. Lachlan, did, did you wanted to say something? No, I was going to say that all of the jokes that I made during the the Pixar bracket are going to be redone, <laughs> and you you all are going to have to pretend like you didn't hear the jokes the first time. We will take that into consideration, and I won't. Such as my cocoa. Yeah, joke. I, I can't even remember, so it will be pretty fresh on my mind because, like, I got a terrible Sweet. memory. So, and I think we got a different cast on it as well. It won't be the same people again, so we're switching it up. Oh, uh, but great. Yeah, do join. Uh, the discord not just for the secret center film raffle but also to get in touch with us uh we are on there and uh yeah you can reach us you can also uh chat with other listeners then we do have a patreon you get our episodes early you get to uh, vote in polls for upcoming episodes you get a monthly drunk cast show and on higher tiers uh you get even different stuff like you get uh you get like movie commentaries and uh yeah go check it out if you are interested and uh, want to support the show in, in a different way than just listening and leaving five-star five reviews on Apple Podcast. Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter. That's set underscore quiet. On Instagram, quiet on set podcast. And on Letterboxd, quiet on set. All of our personal socials for Lachlan and I are linked below in the show notes. And uh, with that, we'll see you next week in black and white with Mank. And um, yeah, Lachlan, you got anything else to add? Have you seen the movie Chef? I have not. Do do I have to say yes okay, for this joke to work? I have. No, no, it was just a question. Okay. Well, great. And with that, <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, bye. 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 Ewan, who would ever know that vodka and iced tea taste so good together? What kind of iced tea? Lemon? Peach. 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 And then just like... Peach. Uh, just normal vodka? Just vodka. No, the other kind of well, vodka. There's like heaps of... You don't have vodkas here that already come with like a taste? No, I just get my vodka that tastes like fucking alcohol. Why well, is it like strong vodka? Is it like 40%? No, it's just like Smirnoff. Well, that's... I mean, that's 35 or something like that. It's pretty strong. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. It's just vodka. Vodka doesn't have a taste to me. Yeah, it doesn't vodka have a taste. Okay, just... It's fucking potatoes, okay? I know. <laughs>
Jesus Christ, bro. I know from the Scandinavian countries, we uh, no, we actually not potato farmers. Never mind. No, but you're vodka whores. I know you. I know you guys drink vodka like it's a goddamn fucking coffee. No, that's that's Kelly. She drinks a lot of vodka because she's she's Estonian. That's as close as you can get to Russian. God damn it, Kali. Kali. Okay, so let's get into Never Ready, Sometimes, Always. Baby Yoda, baby, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, baby, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Are you gonna die this season? 